Endure and survive. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Lunch Table Podcast. In this episode, we're going to give you our review for episode three of The Last of Us, now streaming on HBO Max. Uh, today is also a sad day because, unfortunately, the voice actress for Tess has passed away. Annie Wershing, rest in peace. Um, and also, on some lighter news, season two has been renewed. So, everybody, if you know, you know. But that being said, man, what a beautiful episode. Uh, probably one of my favorite episodes thus far. But let's just get right into it. Give me your thoughts. I love the departure from the main storyline. Uh, I think this episode really had so much heart and so much depth. And it really shows us that we as a society can't really survive without each other. Um yeah, beautiful, beautiful episode. Um, Nick Offerman in this episode. Uh, I mean, he was basically Ron Swanson again, but <laughs> man, he he had so much emotion. He just so felt really like I don't know. You just you just want to hug him after this episode. But um, yeah. Uh, before we we get to that storyline, uh, of course, we start this episode off with um, you know, Joel and Ellie uh, after you know the last episode where. Tess, uh, you know, sacrificed herself to, to help them escape, and they have this this cool little bonding moment. You know, they're starting to get closer. You know, Joel still kind of like finds her as like this annoying kid, but um, it, it's I can see why some people would hate on Ellie uh, in the show. But uh, we were talking earlier, and um, I, I brought up that like Ellie in this world is kind of like she's born into this world, so she's kind of like a different generation. So like things that she sees uh that are normal are like the infected and like fedra obviously but then when she sees like things from like the past like you know from joel's time like planes and cars um it's so cute she's like so like naive to like seeing these things but it's so like you know it really like envelops her her curiosity but yeah um akron what were your thoughts on episode three yeah well i really enjoyed every interaction we see between Ellie and Joel and I love just seeing them travel together um and I think she's very smart for a 14 year old she wasn't a game she was very street wise or street savvy um and so I I love that intro where they're talking about Tess and she's basically telling Joel that well it isn't my fault remember you chose to do this this is your choice and I think that's going to be a really strong point for later on in the season, primarily episode nine in my prediction. Um, but yeah, this whole episode was just about Frank and Bill. And my God, have they added to the game with such depth, right? It was so beautiful. Um, and I love the way how Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett had this nice ass chemistry it, it it made me want to cry at some moments it, i think it was really beautiful um so let's just get right into that as well uh what were your takes on seeing well it was cool it was like a it was a cool time lapse episode um yeah. right from their first time meeting and right before that um you know bill obviously right when the pandemic starts uh <laughs> that I, i'm not gonna lie that first uh 10 minutes was like 
it was so awesome to see. I don't know why it was like a like a redneck's paradise or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like him. Like I feel like like he, like this is something you would do, Akron. <laughs> oh, I you loved just, it. <laughs> you, yeah. you just have like firearms in your rooms. Like you're just ready to go. Like you already have a plan. Like w, set don't motion. tread on me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, but it was really cool to see, and it was it was so funny that he was like so prepared. And he was just waiting for everybody to get, get the fuck out. And then he was already like on it. He was like making moves. He was like, you know, taking stuff from out of Home Depot and shit, yeah. um, setting up power grids and generators and shit. Um, so that was awesome to see. And, it, and he lives so comfortably, too. And it was kind of like a weird contrast. It's like he lives like so elite in this very like dangerous world. Um, so that was cool. And then like, yeah, so his first time uh, meeting Frank was kind of like a, like a happy accident. Like he just falls in this little trap hole um, and he's kind of like hesitant, you know, to let him in. And rightfully so. I mean, this world is very dangerous as we've talked about. So uh, I could understand like why he would be so hesitant to bring somebody in this community. But like I said, it's, it's this episode talks about like how we can't like really survive without people, right? Like uh, what's the point of surviving if you're not, you know, enjoying your life, right? Um, so it was kind of bittersweet seeing them like grow up or grow older together it kind of reminded me of um uh that buzz lightyear movie where like buzz is kind of like seeing his friends like age and he's not really aging um yeah it was very sad but it, it was beautiful like you said it was it was beautiful to see them grow together and see them happy and kind of like living a life that you know few people in this world uh get to live right yeah no yeah great um yeah, I love how you said that exactly, because now I'm thinking of just how, and we talked about this before, like fleeting moments of happiness in A Handmaid's Tale, for example. And it's like, I think Frank had, or I'm sorry, I think Bill uh, was granted such a gift by meeting Frank. And for the most part, he, in his survivalist type of hobby, he was right. And I think he was better off without people in the beginning when there were so many people. But once you've reached that point at the end of the road, now it's just you're living just to live. And so by meeting Frank, it was just this happenstance. And I think it, it brought something. It brought this new stress and this new fear, as Bill said. And I'm thinking of the same thing about Joel and Tess and I didn't know that they stayed with each other for so long. My goodness, they've been a thing for so long. Um, and again, you know, people people die and uh, you have to find new ways to love. Um, so I loved how they presented that in this episode. It, 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 you know what? This episode felt so unique. It's like that episode of Sandman where... Um, oh, the Hobbs episode? Yeah, one time yeah. just went by. It was like something that you, you hold it near and dear to you and you'll remember. And I, I love that, man. I, I love how the producers changed that from the game and they added to it. And Neil Druckmann even said, like, when something is better than what they did in the game, we'll go that mm -hmm. route. When it's not, then we'll stay with the game. And they, Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, like, in relation to the game, like, do you think, well, obviously, you know, this is a beautiful episode, but how do you think it worked in relation to the game? Yeah, completely different. I mean, completely different. In the game, it was this maze of a town and you had to uh, try to sneak past these infected and at the same time try to find a way around these booby traps. And then it was complete full on action here on out, right? With some moments of, I'd say, heartfelt dialogue or heartfelt moments. Like in, in the game, Frank kills himself. And Frank was kind of an asshole because before he killed himself, he says he doesn't want to be Bill anymore. And but he, and he was going to escape, but he got infected. Um, here, it's like they added so much beauty to Frank's character, obviously, and Bill. 
Um, and it all happened in one go, right? Um, the whole battery thing still happened, you know, in the game and the show. So that was cool that they kept that there. Um, uh, but I'm, I was surprised because it, they lived in such this tiny bubble. And over time, I think they developed it where it showed their dedication to it as well where you know frank was saying uh let's clean up let me do this let me do that let me contribute in the game it was like there's so many booby traps uh bill was living in a church and there was a lot of infected i am sad we haven't got that high school moment i think for a lot of people that's the first time we're introduced to the bloater and i thought that was going to happen here unfortunately that didn't happen now and also swarms and infected but i I'll take this over that, to be honest with you, because I took something away from this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important, especially in media, when you can do that. Um, So I think it was a great interpretation. Yeah, no, definitely. I think their chemistry, like you said, worked really well together. And I think they complemented each other really well because Bill is like this very like harsh survivalist. And then Nick is kind of like this very like humanitarian, like artistic person. So they kind of like back off each other and they and it really like shows on screen and they really feel like a genuine like couple like you can tell like they really like care for each other that's that's hard to portray something like even like you know heterosexual couples on screen like that's hard to portray as well um so yeah i think i think it was beautiful just seeing them like just seeing their life you know over time um it's 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 a beautiful thing but yeah and then we get to see like snippets of like how they met joel and tess and you know it's kind of bittersweet because we just after the last episode with tess um, and then, of course, you know, Joel finds him, uh, well, finds Bill's house and then just that realization that they're dead, especially after just losing Tess. I think that was kind of like a shock to the heart. Um, but uh, yeah, so then. Uh, I'm sorry, I blacked out. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But later, yeah, Bill, yeah. Bill leaves a letter um, mm. for Joel. And I thought it was also kind of bittersweet. What did you think of that moment? Yeah, I love the way how, because you have to approach um, TV different. And I love how they, I always love when they do that because I'm too lazy to have, and it's too boring to just have a letter in front of the camera and you read it. So I love that it was Ellie delivering the news. And um, I just love seeing Bill's humor, right, in that letter. And, and he was about to die. And I, and I just love how generous he was uh, for Joel. And he knew that Joel would be the one to return eventually. Um, and I think it was really sad when he mentioned, you know, you have to take care of the ones you love and, and take care of Tess, keep Tess safe. And it was really sad because at that moment, Joel realized he failed. He failed Sarah and he failed Tess now. And so I think this is more proof that Joel has to cling tighter to Ellie and go on and then, you know, stay true to the mission, right? He trusts his brother the most. When everybody has left him in the past, he knows that he could find his brother and his brother is capable of taking care of himself. So I think that's also a good pointer to show you that there's not too many people you can rely on in this world. Um, And I also, I love the fact that in this episode, and let's just comment on that real fast, they finally got their iconic costumes from the game. (laughs) That was so awesome. It was like, a like, Mm. yeah, man, that was so freaking cool. And Joel finally took a shower after being so smelly. Um, (laughs) And, I want to I want to get your thoughts on this because I explained to you earlier how Ellie was rewarded a small pistol 
Um, what do you think about that? Because I am a little bit disappointed in how they approached that. It was just something that they went through blithely. Um, so, so just tell me your thoughts. I mean, we were talking earlier. I think, I think the whole Joel telling Ellie like no to guns, I think is kind of stupid in my opinion, because if you're the best way to protect somebody, I always say is to teach them how to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so her finding the gun, um, I think it kind of like destroys her innocence in a way, but also kind of like matures her. So now that she is armed, is she, how is she going to use it? Right. That's the thing. Is she going to use it as a toy or is she really going to, you know, focus on, you know, be prepared to use it. Right. Um, and even that scene, like that kind of, that scene in the beginning where she was kind of like toying with the infected, uh, it was kind of weird, but like I was saying earlier, she, that's like, like for her that's normal to see like the infected because like she's grew she's grown up in this world right and seeing like the infected it's kind of like seeing like a shark through a, like a glass tank like you know when when it's like so, something like that where it's like it's not going to harm you but you're there's still something curious about it so she has a strange like fixation with this world um i just hope it isn't like you know to the point where like it puts her in danger and puts puts Joel in danger um, but That's yeah, what are, your, point. what are your thoughts on, on the gun? That's a good point. Actually, I think uh, the showrunner, um, I'm sorry if I pronounce this wrong, Craig Mazan, um, that he originally did Chernobyl. Um, I think he knows how to complement the game and take things, take elements from the game. And I think they're going to be smooth transitions for The Last of Us Part Two. And in The Last of Us Part Two, she's really dangerous and really capable. Um, I think she has a side of her that that enjoys maybe violence. You know, I, I think Joel just happened uh, to be around it and he had no choice but to adapt. But for Ellie, um, she was fine in Fedra, um, you know, and, and now she's in this world and she kind of likes it. And... I, I get. I think I get what they're trying to do a little bit later on. Maybe she's gonna use the gun to protect Joel somehow, and it's gonna Joel's gonna be surprised. I just wish they approached it how they did in the game, because I felt like that was the moment where Joel and Ellie kind of clicked, and after that, they kind of seem more of like this father and daughter duo, especially in a dialogue later on. Because um, for for now, he's like really mean still. Um, I know it's just episode three, so but. Um, I, I, I can't wait to see how they're going to play with that notion. Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked when she touched the clock, too. It was like, Joel, where's the watch? Because time stopped the day his daughter died. And I love how she was fiddling with the clock and the hour mm-hmm. hand just came down. And I think that re- represents something. I can't put my mm-hmm. finger on it. Maybe it's just this new sense of, well, time starts in this discombobulated way mm-hmm. um, well, between Joel and Ellie. I don't know. Yeah, there's but, a lot yeah. of like like subtle hints of like symbology um but speaking of that i also wanted to get your thoughts on the flower theory which a lot of people have been talking about lately thank um, you for reminding me yeah. uh but yeah they they actually brought it up in this episode when Good. ellie asks uh joel like how this whole thing started and he has a like a hypothesis about it so why don't you give us your thoughts on that yeah so this came out when so there was a lot of like theories going on online and and finally i think i'm I'm so thankful that they actually talked about this and how i compared it was well first and foremost the flower was carrying the cordyceps and 
other other types of things, right? And so it made so much sense where he said that joke about Atkins and then the pancakes. He even mentioned the pancakes, right? And mm-hmm. it's so interesting the way he did mention it because it, it's dodging the bullet, but at the same time too, it's like a great treat for Sarah and him to have in the morning. So it kind of sucks, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but how I also see it, it's like you know we break bread with each other, right? Where we dine with bread. And mm-hmm. the old times, people used to dip bread and wine right and i think those Mm -hmm. two are very symbolic and and you know for religious context as well um and it's so interesting how later on in that scene they go and they see all the these corpses or these skeletons on the floor and they talked about fedra not having enough space for people um Mm -hmm. i think it just shows you how twisted and toxic the world is after everything went to shit and i think it just proves the point where you have to Pick your friends, pick your families, and stay close to them as close as possible. Um, so yeah, it, it it was cool. I think it's a cool redesign um, to the original outbreak. What yeah. did you think? Yeah, well said. Yeah, I like how they're they're not even like hiding it anymore. <laughs> like even right. the the Indonesian scientist in the last episode, like she mentioned, like the flower and how it's like a perfect you know conduit for the for the virus. Um, but it's it's scary to think about. Like I always like I said like. Yeah. Uh, in our first review, like it's scary to think about, like how COVID could have been so much worse, mm-hmm. you know. Especially and just like taking things for granted, like like bread, you know, it's something we don't even think about, but it's in our daily nutrition every day. Something as simple as that could easily, you know, just destroy the fabric of you know humanity in just like a day. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, I gotta say this episode was phenomenal. Um, probably one of my favorite episodes so far. But yeah, this show continues to impress me. Um, I'm sure you 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 agree. Um, I love it. Yeah. So for me, uh, definitely ten out of ten for this episode. How would you rate it? Definitely ten out of ten again. <laughs> um, I love. And let me tell you something. I know that you probably didn't notice this, but for the hardcore fans, that very end scene was supposed to emulate the main menu from the last of us <laughs> and holy shit with the window if you guys know you guys know and then the wind blowing oh my god it was so cool but yeah i give it a 10 out of 10 um do you have any any predictions for next episode before we wrap this up uh no uh you know i'm novice to the series like i said i know you've got some thoughts but just final thoughts for me um great episode uh, i did love the like the visual effects for like um bill and frank i thought that was really cool how they made them look like you know like they were actually like aging over the, the years i thought that was cool um yeah love joel and um ellie's kind of like bonding moments i think that was cool as well but yeah what are your predictions for next episode and for the rest of the season yeah, well, I think for sure uh, this is where they get to the city and they're hunted by the hunters. Um, and I know they re-envision the hunters here. And I don't know if we'll have time to see Henry and Sam. They play a big role. Um, and maybe that could be episode, I don't know, episode five. And then I was thinking maybe down the line they'll redesign. Um, I'm not going to spoil too much, but that snowy area, maybe they'll redesign the characters in a way in their paths. Um, I still want to know when... Ashley Johnson will come into play. I can't wait to see that. Um, 
but yeah, I, we have we have quite a few episodes to go. Um, so, but yeah, guys, that is our review for episode three of The Last of Us. Again, now streaming on HBO Max. If you guys made it to the end of this video, again, thank you so much. And please to support this channel, like this video and also share it with your friends and check out our other playlists as well. We have plenty of reviews for you. We're in season five of the Lunch Table podcast and we have many, many more videos to come your way. But Dylan, please take us away. Yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in for this review of The Last of Us Episode 3. Uh, like Akram said, we have many more content on the way. Uh, we are c- concocting a special uh, revisited episode on the yeah. way, one of my favorite TV shows. Um, but yeah, check us out on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And you can check us out on our social media networks on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as well. So until then, endure and survive, guys. Endure and survive. See you. See you.